Some viewers may find the following video disturbing. Viewer discretion is advised. It's 4 o'clock in Los Angeles, it's 6 o'clock in Chicago, and it's 7 p.m. in New York City. Hello, everybody. Welcome back once again to our second show in, in the week. And I'll tell you what, you know, I, I I get excited doing the show, I really do, but I get especially excited when we have really interesting guests yes. and we have a really interesting subject. And when the guest and the subject match up beautifully, <laughs> Yes. I don't do anything but sit back and like. <laughs> Welcome once again to America's Best Podcast. What's the buzz? I'm Mad Dog Scipio. Joined as I am each and every week by the pit bull herself, Amelia. Hello, everyone. <laughs> the mouth of the South. Um, any other number of names that we call her? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> How you doing, kid? Good, good, good. Good work today. It was very excruciating long. <laughs> long day today. Yes. We have joining us once again our favorite clergyman, the oh, Rowdy thank Red. Thank you. Thank yes. you very much. Welcome. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> He's turning into Elvis before our eyes. <laughs> well, hey, thank you very much. <laughs> pastor Steve Kwiatkowski is the Rowdy Rev. He is the pastor of Union Protestant Church in Clementon, New Jersey. Uh, that's my home church. Absolutely. That's my my uh I, I was part of this church before it was a church. That's right. <laughs> it yes. was church was in Steve's living room. You got that right. It was for a long time in Steve's yeah. living room. It, it took and... five years to fix that building. Yeah, it sure it took did. five years to fix mm -hmm. it. It was in bad shape. Yeah, yeah. that building was in bad shape. <laughs> we have a continuation tonight, Steve, of last night. Mm -hmm. Secrets of the Vatican Archives tonight. We're going to talk about some stuff that the church doesn't want you to know about. And I found out some stuff, factual information. Mm -hmm. It's been mm -hmm. fact-checked, double-checked, and rechecked to make sure I'm absolutely right about this. And you're going to see proof of... Uh, proof is in the puddings, and you're going to see the proof tonight. What we were talking about last night was tantamount to... Um, a secret organization hiding in plain sight, the Vatican. Mm -hmm. It's it, it acts as its own country. It's the smallest country on planet Earth. When I say small, it's 167 acres. <clears throat> okay? There are farms bigger than the Vatican. Mm -hmm. Okay? That's what we're talking about. We're talking about parcels of land that are bigger than this country, but it's a sovereign country. Um, and and deliberately designed so. And so tonight we wanted to carry that on 
But we wanted to get in and deep, we're going to get our hands dirty. You know, we're not afraid to get our hands dirty. All right. On this show. And so tonight we're going to dig deep into the archives and we're going to hear something about the bunker. Mm. They call it the vault, the bunker. They call it the underground. Any number of names under deep underneath the Vatican, two stories below the Vatican. You got to wonder to yourself, what are they keeping two stories below? We're, we're, we're talking about uh, an expansive bunker big enough to hold probably a year's worth of food, probably several thousand people. We're, it's not a small underground. This is a big, big underground. And so we're talking about a, an expansive empire here called the Vatican. And you got to think to yourself, what are they hiding here? What's so important that they have to bury it two floors be below the ground? You're talking about 60, 70 feet here. That's a lot. That's far underground. It's deep. Yes. Very deep. So you got to wonder, like, what are they hiding? What are they hiding here? Uh, somebody's in the, oh, here we go. Hmm. Will Jim come back? Yes, Jim will be back. Uh, yes, Jim Fife will be back. Um, oh, we're getting requests already. Leon, I'm sorry, folks. I'm just uh, talking to folks on our chat. Leon is here. Glad my girlfriend has left the Catholic Church for Methodist. I don't know. Pastor might be able to tell you the Methodists aren't much better than the Catholics. <laughs> well, it depends on which Methodist you are. The Wesleyans are still pretty decent. Mm -hmm. um, they're still pretty conservative. But the United Methodist Church, I mean, they have... You know, it's the truth. I, I'm not going to allow a transgendered pastor to stand in front of me. Yeah. I just think it just sends confusion. And you know what the author, who the author of confusion yeah. is. Mm -hmm. um, the Methodist Church is in rough shape. They have a yeah. lot. So now the Methodist Church, there's a split. So you have to go where the truth is. Sure. Right. Uh, to learn something, I think they should listen to um, your uh, Bible study on tomorrow night at 7 p.m. Eastern. Yeah, they should. Yes. I, I, I'll be there. I listen. In, I listen every questions. Wednesday. You're always asking tough questions. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, have, that's my job. I have to ask. And that's keep, good. I have to keep Pastor Dave on the stove. Yeah, tomorrow's Pastor Peterson Dave. Peterson Films <laughs> is also with us tonight. Um, and I know who Peterson Films is. Surprise, surprise. Peterson Films probably doesn't know that I know who they are. Um, thanks for joining us. Ashley, I would like to have you on the show sometime. Um, yeah, and let me announce this now. We have a major, we, we, we snagged <laughs> a coup here. Mm -hmm. January 8th, we've got film director, horror film director, Glenn Martin. He will be here with Robert Romanus. And he will be here with Eddie and the Cruisers star, Michael Paré. That's Michael one of my favorite Sparrow movies. <laughs> from 60 films. Uh, you, Robert Romanus, you know him from uh, the, the um, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Oh, sure. Of course, oh, God, he played the, <laughs> the, <laughs> his character was a character. <laughs> um, but Peterson, nice to have you here. Jim will be back. Uh, I'll get Jim back probably February or something. Amelia? Yes. that down, Jim Feith. We got to. Absolutely. We have Jim Feith back. 
Um, Jim Fife will actually be part of our best of show. Best of 23 show. We have that. That will air in December. I believe December. It's going it? to be December the 18th or 8th. the 19th. So we're going to have two 18th, shows. I believe that. I believe that's the 18th. We'll let me put that down. Uh, anyway, so we're back <laughs> with Pastor Steve Kwiatkowski, hey. Amelia Chapman, and of course, you're surely the mad dog. Uh, deep inside the Vatican, what you don't know. Well, let's start the show off with um, something a little different. Time. We're going to start the show off with some video. Uh, normally, we would wait to probably 30 minutes in the show to do some video. Not tonight. I want everybody to watch and really pay attention because you're going to hear some stuff that should perk your ears up. Let's take a listen that the Vatican has accumulated such an immense stash of artwork. It's really mind-blowing. And meanwhile, they have 53 miles of shelf space within that archive. Wow. No one's allowed in there. You have to be a certain academic and you have to get permission. You can't just go browse it. You have to specifically request what you want to look at. And the issue with that is that if you don't know it exists, how do you know to ask for it? So it's like, who knows what type of information could be in there? I'm not suggesting that their shelves are lined with secrets from Egypt or anything, but it does make me wonder 53 miles of shelf space is an astronomical amount of old ancient text. Yeah, it really is. By the way, you are looking at actual footage of the Vatican archives. You're looking at one room. This is one room, by the way. There are 11 rooms like this. This room here has almost 30 miles of shelving just in this one room. So you imagine how far look, this, this room just goes. It's just like a long, think of it this way, a long tunnel with shelves. And that's what we're talking about here. Mm. It's just a long, narrow room that just goes on for miles. See wow. Yeah, wow. crazy. Oh, yeah, watch. Watch this. Secret Archives contains millions of documents covering a 12-century time span, which were officially classified as secret until last year. The facility itself, which was established during the 16th century, hasn't operated secretly in quite some time. But it's also not open to just anyone. Vatican officials allow qualified researchers into the secret archives after a thorough vetting process. They have access to documents that aren't available to the public, including the Chinon parchment, which details the trial minutes against the Knights Templar and reveals that Pope Clement V absolved the group of heresy in 1308. It's home to countless other historical documents which are kept in the facility's 53 miles of shelving and in its underground vault known as the bunker. In recent years, the Vatican allowed journalists to take a tour for the first time and the facility's recent name changed to the Vatican Apostolic Archives reflects the church's... Let's stop there for just a second. We've been calling this the Vatican Secret Archive last night and tonight. Pope Francis officially changed the name. 
It's no longer called the Vatican Secret Archives. It's called the Vatican Apostolic Archives. Now, you got to ask yourself the question, why now, uh, after all these years, centuries, really, why change the name of something that's been so established for millennia? Because he knows what's about to unfold. And thank you very much. That was the answer yeah. I was hoping you would get. Because he knows what's coming. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. So he knows what's going to unfold. The truth is about to come out. Yeah. Because he, well, he knows what's going. He knows he the shit mm -hmm. is about to hit the fan. fan. Yep. Mm -hmm. He said, yep. and I, I thought about that, <laughs> Steve. I thought about that today, and I thought to myself, why would the Pope all of a sudden? And it's funny that we're doing this show. Yeah. Because he only did this about three or four months ago. Yeah. And I thought to myself, why would Pope Francis, of all people, um, because the jury's still out on him. Yeah. Um, certainly he is with me. I, I thought to myself, well, he seems like a friendly, smiling, nice guy, you know. Mm -hmm. But you got to watch out for these smiling. Look at know. Joe Osteen. Yeah. Oh, mm -hmm. Joe Osteen. For We're just right. going to pump some sunshine up your keister, make you feel real good about it. I look at my Governor DeSantis here. Yeah. Yeah. What the same thing here. Changed the name, and I thought, why would he do that? And then it hit me. Well, because he knows what's coming. The prophetic events, he can't stop. Yeah, mm -hmm. he can't stop yeah. it now. So it's like, no, what am I motion. going to do? <laughs> yeah, yeah, what am I going to motion. do? <laughs> and I think the other thing too, and correct me if you think I'm wrong, but I think the other thing is the word "secret archives" has kind of like a negative to it, kind of like um, you know. Like a taboo kind mm -hmm. of a connotation, so and I don't know if I'm right about that or not. I could, I, I could be, maybe I'm wrong. But I think the biggest reason is what we said. I think he he knows what's coming. Yeah, right? he can't stop yeah, it he, now. He can't stop it. Or let's change the name so it's not saying secret, but it's really a secret. So that way they don't think we're hiding something, but we well, really are. You know what? You know what, Pitbull, you're on to something there. Mm -hmm. You're on to something there, and we're, you're you're going to see proof of that here in about two minutes. Let's let's continue watching this. Trying to increase its transparency. Hidden beneath Vatican City is an underground fortress inaccessible to the public and protected by armed guards and state-of-the-art security. The secret apostolic archives. Within the stone and steel reinforced walls are vaults, climate-controlled rooms, and over 50 miles of shelves. And on those shelves are countless texts, relics, and artifacts collected by the church for over a thousand years. And one of the most intriguing objects hidden in the archives is called the chronovisor, a device that can view events anywhere and at any time in You heard what he said. We talked about it last night. Coronavisor. It's no, it's called the it's called the chrono. Oh, and not yeah. the corona. No, chrono. yeah. <laughs> the chronovisor, right? Chronovisor. Mm -hmm. We were talking about this last year, uh, last year, last year. It seemed like it's been a long day for me. Yeah, have a problem with my car. Thank you, God, for fixing it. That's right. Um, but we had talked last night about this um, alleged, you know, possibly maybe they have this thing called a time machine. Mm-hmm. And we were, you know, toying around with that. Well, but guess what? 
They actually, folks, I can't make this up. You just heard the name. They confirmed it. Mm-hmm. The Vatican has a time machine. Mm-hmm. Can't make this up. Mm-hmm. That should scare the fuck out of you. That should scare the absolute fuck out of you. That the Vatican, a religious organization, the largest in the world, world. the largest of the, the three major religions in the world, Catholicism is number one. Yeah. It's always been the largest. It will remain the largest. Yeah. Despite Islam, uh, despite the Judeo-Christian movement, yeah. despite, you know, uh, any number of religious theologies. And by the way, atheism is a religion. Whether they want to oh, believe yeah. it or not. It, it exactly. Is. Right. right. And the third largest religion in the world behind Catholicism and Islam is atheism. It is a religion. Why? Because the belief in nothing is a belief in In something. Something, Something, right? But they're too stupid to realize. (laughs) (laughs) You might as well Barney Fife running the show. Yeah. Barney do a better job. Do a better job. (laughs) Let's talk about this, and I want you to see this. It's called the chronovisor. It can see the future. It can see the past. It can allow the Pope to see any moment in history. Think about it. This is not science fiction. This is modern day science fact. And I want you to hear me, folks. I want you to hear me well. Because we're talking about something that's scary. Spiritual. Scary. <laughs> deep. Yes. Spiritually deep, 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 and scare the shit out of you if you really think about this. We're going to talk about that. Mm -hmm. The chronovisor. View events anywhere and at any time in history. Pope's exorcist says the devil is in. Anywhere, anytime in history. That's what he said. Now you're going to see something that's going to, and I want Pastor Steve, after this video, you and I are going to get down and dirty. We're going to get serious. Absolutely. Well, after this video, we'll probably need to take a commercial break real quick. No, we're going to forego oh. that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Not not tonight. This is too important. This is way okay. really too important. Check this out. Time in history. Pope's exorcist says the devil is in the Vatican. Mm. Amorth stated that the devil is not everywhere, but when he is present, it is painful. The devil is pure spirit, invincible. He is shown with the painful blasphemies coming from the person which he possesses. He can stay hidden. He can speak different languages. He can transform himself. Amorth has seen many exorcisms and many cases that led him to believe the devil is alive and well and that he is in the Vatican. He claims that the devil tries to attack within Vatican City and he has tried with the 1981 attack of Ali Aksa. When Amorth was interviewed, he was asked, You've said publicly that you believe, referring to the current church scandals, that Satan is in the Vatican. Do you still believe this? He replied with a simple yes and went on to say that he believes that Satan rules the world and that Satan is in the Vatican. Now, Mm -hmm. I want to ask you point blank, Pastor Steve Kukowski. Yeah. What do you think the narrator meant by that? Well, just... By the by, Satan being in the Vatican, mm-hmm. 
I mean, why wouldn't he be there? Wherever the Good truth, Good wherever answer. the truth is to be preached, Satan's going to be right there alongside to deceive the people. And that's what I was looking for. That's what I, I mean, was looking for. He's been trying to overthrow God from the beginning, and this is why he was cast and out. And now he's right there with the Pope. Yep. In fact, I believe, and here's my take on it, and I'm going to take some heat for this. I'm going to get in trouble. Okay. But I believe well, I'm an Anglican priest. I know that. <laughs> I'm not under the Pope's authority. That, that's right. right. <laughs> that's right. Uh, but here's the thing, though, and this is why I say I might get in trouble with this. Um, there are a number, a, a great number of people who love this Pope. Oh, I don't. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not yeah, a big no, fan of him. Crazy about uh, he's a communist. Sorry. Mm -hmm. The other thing is that, you know, uh, uh, politics aside. Yeah. Here's what we have to consider. He is the pontiff over, he's the shepherd over every Catholic on the planet. Yeah, of mm -hmm. course. Right. Okay. And right now there are somewhere between four and six billion. Okay. Mm -hmm. There are, I want you to think about this, ladies and gentlemen. There are nine and a half billion people on planet Earth. Hmm. Between Five and six billion of them call themselves Catholic. Think about that. That's real number. If you if you doubt that number, please do what I did. Go on Google. Look it You'll up. Look it up. Yeah. Tell everybody if you think I'm lying. It's right there. Do your own research. Mm -hmm. You know, do it. Here's what I want to tell you, though. I believe not only is the devil spiritual i believe the devil is physical sure in the vatican and here's why i say that you cannot coexist with evil if you are a good person you cannot coexist with evil and not be influenced by it right the same way if you are an evil person you cannot help but take on some goodness somewhere okay I don't care what anybody says. Even the devil does good things. He does them for a reason, but he does them with a purpose, but he does them. Well, it's to deceive people. He'll do yeah. good things to pull you God in. And God allows it. God tests us. Satan tempts us. Exactly. Yeah. There's a testing and a tempting. And, that, and then that's why God allows it. Which way are you going to go? Are you going to buy into his bullshit, or are you going to come here where you know this is a sure thing. Remember up on the mount when he told mm -hmm. Jesus, bow to me and I'll give you all this on the earth. Mm -hmm. Jesus was already God. He could have had it. But he yeah. knew that he had to die as the sacrificial mm -hmm. lamb. So what did Jesus say? Get behind me, Satan. This is not the will of my father. You know, the Lord, you know, because Satan already had control over the world. Absolutely. So, yes. Absolutely. Um, Amelia, your thoughts <laughs> on that? Yeah, I, I believe that too, because I mean, because like you said, that the devil was is already in the Vatican, but he had to be invited in as well. Good point. Because you can't, you know, he, nothing evil can exist on hallowed ground unless you're invited in. Well, and not necessarily, not necessarily the case always. Right. But he had to have been invited in you, or you was already to, a the, part of it. The rule of, here's the thing. Mm -hmm. The rule of thumb is... You have to be invited in, and that's partly true. Yes. But you can also go in 
uh, as a wolf in sheep's clothing on a way. He said he he can come in and disguise as something else or something. It's happened, Pastor. It's happened in in the church church for years, Mm -hmm. for millennia. I mean, for eons. Oh, yeah. Not just decades, but generations. Yeah. Where you've had, you know, the 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 pillar of the community this you know this priest this parish priest mm-hmm. he was the guy that everybody in the neighborhood used to go to yeah and, what and happens like me when, like you know yeah that's how it is with yeah. me and i'm gonna go there too i mean how do we know it's not the pope well no here that no yeah, exactly. you're you're way off on that one you know um, and I'll, hey. I'll, I'll explain in a minute why you're off on that one yeah but hear me out for a minute it's important it's really, really important because the parish priest was the figurehead for the neighborhood. Really? That's in, exactly in right. Every neighborhood, especially big cities like New York, Chicago, Boston, Philadelphia, L.A., you know, not so much, but uh, but here on the, the Eastern Hub, right. okay, that Catholic priest we all believe we were raised as Catholics, believing the Pope. Remember this? Oh yeah, I remember. The Pope is represented by your priest. Yeah. By yeah, your I monsignor, am. by your bishop, by your archbishop. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was raised Catholic. Re- Hold on, Amelia. Mm-hmm. By your, uh, by all of these individuals in your in the hierarchy of your diocese. Right. But it came down always. It always came down to the Catholic priest, the parish priest. Wow. And when he goes bad, <laughs> so goes the neighborhood. Well, and yeah. faith is lost. And faith lost and squandered is very, very hard to get back. Very yeah. hard to get back. Maybe continue. Yeah, I mean, think about that. I mean, because I lost faith in the Catholic Church myself because I was Catholic for a long time. And then they were doing a lot of stuff. And I, I didn't believe in a lot of that. And so I just left that. And I was like, you know, I'm going to try different religions. And what I didn't was like it, that. What was it specifically that, that caused you to, because uh, there had to be one moment, one turning moment. Well, that, I mean, it was. you to walk away or run away or turn your back. Well, when I was a little girl, I was telling you about my my mom's cousin telling me that I shouldn't say that I love God because why are you saying you love God? And she was a Catholic, 100%. You're supposed yeah. to say you love God. Yeah, right. why would she tell that's me that? What, that's what First prayer is. Commandment. Exactly. Yeah. And, and then all this repeating yourself, repeating yourself. I'm like, why are y'all repeating yourself? I mean, can't he hear you the first time you say it? And my mom looked at me like, uh, why you said that's- that? You know why? You know why repetition is important? Because it builds a firmness and it builds a foundation and it builds the the discipline within you. People, a lot of people don't know until they repeat over. I'll give you a perfect example. Mm -hmm. A perfect example. You like music, don't you? Yeah. You like to sing with your music, don't you? Yes. What happens if you don't know the words? You don't make them up, do you? No. You learn them and you keep learning them until you get them right, don't you? Right. It's the same way. It's like in singing, in music, we call it rehearsal. Right. And in church, we just, we we call it 
foundational repetition. Yeah, but the main thing that was my co- my mom's cousin telling me that, and then also like them having all these statues around. I'm like, wait a minute, isn't the, one of the Ten Commandments not to be the statues, well, statues, yeah, and we, statues and stuff like that? And, yeah, yeah. An image. idol worship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and they did, and I was like, graven okay. images, idol worship. Yeah, yeah, and I said that's wrong. I said y'all shouldn't be doing well, that. You know, I thought to myself, let's, so, let's stop oh, right there because uh, you just saw a video. Mm-hmm. Okay, about a three and a half minute video. Right. I don't know about you, but I saw all kinds of statues. Oh yeah, There's in the back in there, all kinds of stuff. And last course. night, mm-hmm. we saw all kinds of. You know, right. the, we know that the Vatican is this place that has some of the most opulent artwork in the right. world. Right. Okay, and the most expensive. Right. Exactly. It's very expensive. Do you think that those statues were just done like with Play-Doh and clay? No, those things are done with fine marble Mm -hmm. by the finest, the most crafted artisans in the world. People like Michelangelo and Da Vinci and people like Renoir and people like um, Ruben. These are... The, the finest of the fine in the art right. world. Mm-hmm. And the Vatican has them all. Right. They have them all. Right. I just don't believe in praying to images. I mean, that's just me. Well, you're not supposed to. The Bible says, right. don't. Yeah, right. you're not. That's just me. That's one of, one <laughs> of the, the commandments. What is exactly. it? Exactly. Exactly. You shouldn't have a, a graven image. Right. Exactly. That's what yeah. um, you saying before, graven image. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, if you're going to pray, you're just going to close your eyes and go like this and just pray, and that's how you should do that's, it. That's a big issue. But yeah. um, it's supposed to be, if you have it, look at it as a piece of art. Yeah. When people start genuflecting to it and doing exactly. that. Exactly. I have. That was just too much for me. My my late father was as Catholic as you can get. Mm-hmm. And I believe in with every fiber <laughs> of my being that that man is in heaven right now. I believe so, oh, too. Oh, yes. But I also will tell you that I have, and Pastor Steve can see it right I there. I have some statues. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. I have, a, I have a, a, a Blessed Mother statue mm-hmm. that my father actually put his rosaries around. And I have them right, right here. Yeah. But who am I to say that that was a graven image? Because he never, he didn't mm-hmm. pray to the statue. Right. He prayed to God. Exactly. Had it as you a know? piece of art. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Essentially, yeah. that's, that's it. it. Yeah. My grandmother did the same thing. She had mm-hmm. a, one of the Jesus with the bleeding heart, and she just had a piece of art. I sold, we used to have them at Union. I actually mm-hmm. sold them. Mm-hmm. And got rid of them around the church. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, the parish needed the money anyway. Right. Um, right. But we kept a couple of as artwork, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And I tell people, look, that's just to admire the beauty of that. Right. Don't ever look mm-hmm. at that. And, you know, but so I appreciate the art aspect. Mm-hmm. That's where I'm at with it. Yeah, and that's what they should do instead of praying to it. And that's what drew me right. away from the Catholic Church. And then I went to this other church and non-denominational, supposedly. And all they were bragging about was how much money he made that week. Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, and and nice, right? I, I listened to your uh, Wednesday night. I listened to your Bible study. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. We're, I've been missing something. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. I can't you. believe I finally found this. You know. You've been missing a lot. Kid, I have. Yeah. It's a great church. Good people. Wholesome I'll people. tell you what, Amelia. Um, 
what we're missing tonight is commercials. And so on behalf of Pastor Steve, on behalf of Amelia Pitbull Chapman, tonight I will bring this program to you commercial free. Okay. So we will have no commercials tonight, but we will hear from Tom McDonald. Why? Because I like him. <laughs> he does. We'll be right back. Step one, train the people only to consume. Step two, infiltrate adults with the news. Step three, indoctrinate the children through the schools and the music and the apps on the phones that they use. Step four, separate the right from the left. Step five, separate the white from the black. Step six, separate the rich from the poor. Use religion and equality to separate them more. Step seven, fabricate a problem made a lie. Step eight, put it on the news every night. Step nine, when people start to fight and divide, take control. This is called situational design. And we are back. What's the Buzz America's best podcast tonight? Secrets of the Vatican Archives. Oh, we're not calling them the Secret Archives now. We're calling them the Vatican Apostolic Archives. Why? Because the Pope changed the name. Why? Because he's the Pope and he can do that. By the way, here's a little fun fact. You can check this out. Every sitting Pope Every single sitting pope is the overseer of the archives. He's the only person, the only person with full, complete authority to go in and out of the archives with documents. Mm. The only person in the world who can do that. Mm -hmm. Anyone else, if you're a, an academist and you get permission to go to the archives, guess what? You can go in, but you can't leave with anything. Uh, if you wrote something down, you got to leave it behind. You can't take it out with you. And you they check you, right? Take out with it with what you remember. Uh. That's all you can take. And you're not allowed to tape record. You're not allowed to video record. No. You're not allowed to photograph. You're not allowed to take any post-it notes with you. I'm serious. They they don't play. This place has got an armed guard. On both ends, they got the highest level tech security there. That you, they spend some serious money. Money. Yeah. You understand mm. what I'm saying? The richest yeah. church in the world. They are. It's I have a question about that too. Are they sure. written in a different language that only certain people are can, are educated uh, to interpret? Uh, traditionally, Latin was mm. Latin. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you'll find. There are two languages primarily spoken at the Vatican, Latin and, and Greek. Mm -hmm. There's a large contingent of Catholics in the world that fall under the heading of Orthodox Greek. Mm -hmm. uh, and there you'll see them. They often are mistaken as Muslim mm -hmm. because they wear the long garb and they have long beards. Mm -hmm. The only thing that separates them is they do not wear the headdress. Oh, okay. Um, uh, and, and you'll find that the only time the Pope really wears the headdress is if he is His, either in, in ceremonial uh, mode or the mitre, they call it. The mitre, yes. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Pastor. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Pastor actually knew a friend. I'm not going to tell you his name, but Pastor had a friend that had an exact replica of the Pope outfit. Yeah. 
He had the miter. He had the staff. Remember? Yep. The guy with the glasses looked like Milton Berle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he was all. He was really full of himself too. Yeah, like, he was Crazy, oh, but yeah. he, he liked to play dress up. Yeah, he did for real. He really liked to play yep, dress true. up. Yeah, true. This is what we're talking. I'm about. not even in my collar. I come comfortable. I'm no. Oh yeah. <laughs> you only hmm. see Pastor in his collar. Sunday. In a couple of occasions. Number one, if he's doing Sunday service. That's it. Number one. The only other times if he, if he has to go for an official function where he needs to wear his collar. But he'll wear jeans. All the time. That's me. That's just but who just, I am. He'll, he'll wear his <laughs> collar, pair of jeans and sneakers. Right. Please. That'd be comfortable, though. <laughs> Absolutely. I don't wear my collar either. I, I left mine at Steve's house. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we're going to talk now a little bit about this chronovisor, and I wanted to talk a little bit about this. Uh, it the Vatican does have, um, in fact, we're going to bring it up right here. The Vatican has a time machine. That's a fact. It's called a chronovisor. And it allows, and I can't even believe this, but it, it's, they talked about it. It will allow the Vatican or the Pope or anyone who is authorized to look. You can look at any moment in history, in world history. You could see the birth of Christ. Mm. You could see Jesus on the cross. You can see all this stuff in this chronovisor. That they call them. That's a remarkable thing to consider. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Also, fucking scary as hell. Yeah. Think about that. Pastor, give me the pros and cons of such a device. Such a heavy device. Yeah. I mean, our Lord can clearly tells us that we're not supposed to see the future. or to, And even in the word, it says to forget what is behind. And strain toward what is ahead, that we should press on to win the prize which God has called us heavenward in Christ Jesus. Mm -hmm. So, in that aspect, only God should be the one that holds tomorrow for us. Or, you know, I mean, it's clear. And I do think that they are playing God, and that is something would. Yes. Not to deal with with very God's judgment. Interesting choice of word. Very, very interesting choice of word. Yeah, so I would say it. Amelia, mm -hmm. your thoughts. Yeah, I mean, it's like they like Pastor said. I mean, you shouldn't be able to see the future and what goes on because you don't want to see when if there's another world war or what's going to happen because you can come back and say, okay, this is going to happen. It's going to happen, and make yourself try to. Well, become... on the other hand, Amelia. Mm -hmm. Um. Doesn't that give you kind of a heads up? Wouldn't it be nice to be able, in some capacity, to be able to plan or prepare for the it worst to come? Yeah, you know? it, that in a way, but it depends on the person too, because they could get greedy, whoever the person could be. Oh, you just said a magic word. Yeah, go ahead. One. Go ahead. Talk about God. I'm going to let you have this one. It is go easier. Ahead. It is easier. It is easier to put the camel through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. And yes. they are so big. Look, 
they value their riches to the high. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying every member. I know piss mm-hmm. poor Roman Catholic clergy that are dear friends of mine that yeah. I have dinner with, I hang mm-hmm. out with. Here I'm the Anglican, but we're brothers yeah. in Christ. Mm-hmm. And they make 25000 a year. Yes. That's all they're making. Mm-hmm. I mean, you take a vow of poverty yes. and your housing's provided. You live at the church. You know, they mm-hmm. buy the home. You live in their property. Yes. Mm-hmm. As with me, I own my house. You know, we, we're allowed to do that. They're really not supposed to. Right. They mm-hmm. want you to live on campus. Anyway, they're not into all that glitz, glamour, and gold. When you go into the Vatican and they're relishing these goods and all the money they're putting out because of scandals mm. and things okay. like that, oh. so much wasted money. I've watched beautiful churches around here that were ornate St. Gregory's, right? We tried to fight for that. Oh, God, yeah. Beautifully decorated. It would have cost millions to build by today's standard. For them, they can rip it down just mm-hmm. like that, and it's nothing. We did a show of abandoned buildings, and a lot of them were beautiful churches, which we did before and after pictures. These people have money out the wazoo. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, Scripture's clear. Yes. You know what I mean? What are you really doing with that money? It's hush money, like what we talked about last night. Well, I mean, think about... There's missions, um, though, they do also. They Mm -hmm. do good, too. Think about how many people visit New York City every year. You know what one of the... The main tourist attractions in New York City is Amelia Rockefeller Center. No, no, St. No? Patrick's, Patrick's Cathedral. Cathedral. Wow, yeah. wow! It's probably the number Great. one tourist attraction in New York. Yeah, more popular than the Empire State Building, more popular than Rockefeller Center, more popular than um, than Thirty Rock, which is uh, in that area. Mm. Why would you think that a Catholic cathedral would be the number one tourist attraction? Probably the agriculture, the art, the artifacts in there could be the way the building, you know, the inside of the building, the artwork. Yeah, because they've got millions and millions of dollars in gold and stuff. Yes. You can and see it. every but once in a while somebody makes it out with something. Oh, yeah, I can imagine. But they go in thinking they're going to leave with something, like a souvenir. Uh Okay? That's the most most visited single tourist attraction in New York, St. Pathos Cathedral. Um, Time machine, interesting stuff. That that, that could be dangerous though too. I mean, it could be a good thing to see, but I mean, they said that we shouldn't really see what Jesus looked like either. So we already know what Jesus looked like. I know what he looks like from the vision I had. If I was to see him again, I would know. Mm -hmm. I can sort of make out, but I mean, I saw him clear as day when I almost left ministry. I'm going to pull up a picture of what what artists say Jesus looks like. I know my son did when he was a little boy, and I know we all did when we were little. And I know no, they I had us for kids. For a second, hold on a second. And that hold was that part. Hold on, Amelia. Mm-hmm. The Vatican has the crown of thorns. I believe that. Mm-hmm. You're oh, going to yeah. see it tonight. I don't believe they are the authentic crown of thorns. Mm-hmm. I don't believe they're legitimate, based on my sixth sense. 
I don't believe they're legitimate based on my heightened knowledge of the situation. I don't believe that. I believe that they were taken off of his head and discarded. Um, I understand, however, why the church would say that they have it because it connects that artifact directly to Jesus Christ. And I understand that. But I don't believe that it's legitimate. And I want to tell you why. And I want to show you why in just a moment. Um, they say, and this has been proven, the Vatican has the spear of destiny. Do you know, Amelia, what the spear of destiny is? I'm not very clear about that. Could you let, explain that? Yes, it's the spear that pierced Jesus' side. Oh my God! Water and and water and blood came, came out, out separately from his body. Wow! And we know that historically. Why do we know that? Because on the shroud of Turin, there's a blood stain. Right. Right next to the blood stain, there's a water stain. And they're right up against each other like this. Mm -hmm. So fine a line, you can't separate them. Right. And directly on exactly where Bible says that he was pierced. And you can see it on the shroud. Clear as day. Something else we're going to take a look at. The Holy Grail. Now, uh, talk about well, tell everybody what the Holy Grail is, Pastor. Well, there's been several theories. I mean, if you've actually watched, um, and I think that's so funny. What was that movie, The Da Vinci Code, right? With yes, uh, yeah. what's his face, Tom, Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks, yes. I mean, yeah, some you people, had it right the first time. Which is face? <laughs> yeah, I'm not a big fan of him. He, he went completely woke. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Um, mm. but no. The historic bloodline, or the actual, like the covenant. I mean, we talk about the grail. They say it would be the covenant. Let me tell you, though, there's been several theories behind that. People mm -hmm. have said, well, it's the bloodline. Or, you know, it's the chalice. You know, it is the actual chalice that was. Um, but really, it is the, the tablet, the, the grail that was given. Mm -hmm. And, you know, instruction. Um, I happen to be, and I and I think I can prove it. I believe that the Grail, the Holy Grail, is the bloodline of Jesus through a child. Yeah, I believe Sarah, Sarah, his daughter, Abraham and Sarah. You're talking about? Uh huh. I believe Jesus had a child named Sarah. Oh, Abraham yeah. was before him. Yeah. And I believe Jesus had a child. And, and I, I believe that other, the apocryphal books and some of the other books after Revelation refer to Jesus's uh, child, Ibrahim, which means Abraham. Um, I think that bloodline was a, was a child. I think it was his family. You know, we've I've said and that. And I believe Mary was his wife. You know, it's funny you say that, and I was saying that on the other, was it last night that I said that, or two weeks ago? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, if that be possible, what did Jesus say? My sheep know my voice, right? Mm -hmm. I know them and they know me. Yes. 
then scripture says those God has predestinated, he foreknew. We're told in scripture that we're brought into the family of God by adoption through his only begotten son. Right. Okay, so check this out. Whenever we become a child of God, it's only through right. Jesus Christ, right? Uh -huh. Right. Let's just say for the heck of it, the reason why we're so drawn to Jesus as we read, the Bible says, you didn't choose me, I chose you, Jesus said, mm -hmm. right? So what's the, who's to say that our bloodline could be linked, right, to Christ? And I believe it is. And that's why we're drawn I, I, to that, you went right where uh, You went right where I wanted you to go. But that's you and I, I sitting here, you, we could be truly a part of Christ's I bloodline. I believe we right. are. And that's not that's, everybody. It's just those who are Christian. You know, yeah, I, mean, that's right. I believe. No, I'll tell you what. I believe that we all came from and science, Abraham. Yeah, I believe science can prove it. Um, in fact, I believe they already have. Mm. But even if you go back further than Abraham, yeah, go back to Adam and Eve. They've traced human genealogy. To one cell. Oh, sure. I mean, one I, cell. Yes. I want you to think about that. So we already know it's that it's the seed of Adam. Right. We know this. So we know, and then people say, Oh, well, you know, the Genesis mm -hmm. oral tradition. Guess what? Mm -hmm. Is that one seed mm -hmm. right that proves that Genesis is accurate and correct? Yeah. It only takes that one, as they say. And here scripture is true. Yes. Everything about the Bible is this true. This here is the big kahuna. The Ark of the Covenant. It is believed, and some people say, and you're going to see pictures. Right. They believe that factually, the Vatican has the Ark of the Covenant. Now, the significance of this is earth-shattering. And that is not in any way, shape, or form an exaggeration right if only if you only talked about yes the ark if you only talked about the ark that would be enough to change christianity forever forever now we're talking about the ark yeah the crown of thorns the spirit destiny uh-huh and the holy grail right we're talking about the four biggest artifacts in Christianity. That's right. Now let's take a look at them. Ready? Yes. Let's watch this, folks. There you go. That's what I would believe. Hold on that a second, Pastor. I'm going to need your attention here, Stephen. Thank you so much. I'll edit that out. Um, you're looking at what I believe the uh, crown of thorns should look like. Okay? Right. That's what they should... They, when Jesus had this on his head, right. that's what I would expect it to look like. Now, let's see what the Catholic Church has in their archives. This is from the Vatican. I want you to take a look at that. Because encased in that Sealed glass tube. And that's bulletproof glass, by the way. Mm -hmm. They believe, they say, that what you are looking at is not 
a crown of thorns. They say it's the crown of thorns. I, when you get a chance, I brought up the Ark of the Covenant. That's what I was grabbing. Yeah. So we could. Yeah, because you're going to see it here too. Yeah, I brought it up so we could. Huh. Now, tell me, Pastor Steve. Yes. What do you say when you look at you look at this? What do you think about this? You know, it's so funny. I mean, you know, it's. It, I gotta say something here. Mm-hmm. It could be, but. Well, here's a different. It's the same thing, but it's a different photograph. It's the exact same artifact. That's right, it's a different thorn. angle. Yeah. Oh. It, it, it possibly could be because let me tell you, during the time of the Crusades and what they fought for. Yeah. I mean, look what they do to a lot of the saints. First of all. Oh yeah. There's a lot of people whose flesh have rotted off that are like. Um, who are saints that were canonized within the Vatican. Mm -hmm. You can go view mm -hmm. them. They call them relics. You get a piece of their um, clo yeah. their clothing yeah. or a piece of their skin. Mm -hmm. And people literally... Anita has one that my father gave her. Yeah. From St. John. From St. John. Yeah. And they they save this. So who's to say it? it's possible, but... I mean, there's that other thing, you know. Well, I mean, you know, you're, we don't you're, know. Yeah, yeah you're looking at. Uh, by the way, they take this out every single day. Every single day, they put it away before the line is finished, just to give you an idea of how many people stand in line to look at this, to kiss it, to touch it. You're talking about anywhere from 10 to 15 to 20,000 people every single day that they run out of time before they run out of people. Mm -hmm. You're looking at a, a glass tube. What's inside it, who the hell knows? Because it just looks like a bunch of um, sticks. It looks like a bunch of sticks that are kind yeah. of twined together, like. Yeah. Uh, like Ivy. Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. Now you look at that and you look at this and you tell me, you know, they um, don't look anything alike to me. They do not. This we are. Oh, I'm sorry. Here it is. That's what they believe is the crown of thorns. Now, this is what is believed to be. And they have this. And, there, and by the way, there are two. There are two in existence. We've got to talk about that a minute. Yeah. This is the spear of destiny. This is the spear, the actual spear that pierced Jesus' side. How do we know this? We know it because the um, centurion who had it fell at his knees when he pierced Jesus. Mm -hmm. And right there, he gave his life to Jesus. So we know that this was a very, very important spear. And by the way, you're looking at only the spear head. You're not looking at the rod. This is rod's the rod, right? You're looking at. You're going to see another picture of the of the spear of destiny. This is nothing short of amazing. Now, Pastor. Yeah. You see where they have that gold leaf? Okay. 
that's essentially holding this together. But underneath, you see where do you see the actual spear part? I'm not seeing the stick. Okay. Uh, maybe we'll get to show you a better, a better picture. Up, up in front is what you're exactly, talking about. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to show you another picture here. Okay. What you've been looking at is right there in that case. Okay. The cross next to that spear. That cross, they say, is... It's a it's a combination of a cross and a dagger. Oh if wow! Look at it, it's very pointed. Sure, I okay. could see, I could kind of yeah. see it. it's a cross and a dagger, but on it, the other side of that cross mm -hmm. in the middle. Yes, yeah. exactly. Now, you see the spear of destiny there. Right. They're yeah. sitting there together because they both belong to the same centurion. Okay. What? happened it is said is that he took his dagger and created a cross from his dagger mm -hmm. and so the dagger and the spear sit together and mm -hmm. you'll notice it's very ornate and it's it's sitting with a very big gold cross yeah right in a bulletproof containment yeah. Everything there is bulletproof. Priceless. Oh, wow. But there's one problem with this, and it's come to light, and we got to talk about it. There's a museum in France called the Louvre. Mm -hmm. In this museum, they have the Spear of Destiny. Yes. Which one is can't be two. two. Right. My money would be on... The Vatican spear being the original. Absolutely. Well, look at the power. I mean, that they hold. You know, yeah. it's like they even admit it. There's uh, the hymns that we sing because yeah. you know I do work with the Roman Church too. Yeah. While we hold, while we own the mystery, that's yeah. one of the verses in one of the hymns. By the way, they admit it. They own the mystery. This is what you would expect the spear of destiny to look like. Yeah, that's oh. exactly that would. Yeah. Yeah. That's what you would expect it to look like. And so what we're looking at is very remarkably similar. Now, okay, I know this there it is. is we're going to have a problem with this one. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because they want you to believe I, I, yeah. that that's the that that's the holy grail. It's not. It's not. Mm -hmm. There are right from right from jump. There are three reasons I can tell you it's not. Number one, it's glass. Number two, it's gold. Number three, it's entirely too large. I don't believe it's the Holy Grail whatsoever. Nope, not whatsoever. I'm with you on that one. It gets better. Watch this. Next picture. No. Oh, that's the same. That is exactly the same artifact that's in that um, with that woman, okay? I want you to look at that. That's quite ornate. Jesus was not that ornate. No. No. And that's, not at all. And uh -huh. that uh, it looks to be gold with jewels and quite uh, expensive. And it is not at all wood. It's metal and glass. 
he wouldn't have had that. No, he, just a simple it, wooden bowl that they would use to. It would be a that. wooden cup. Yeah. yeah be a wooden cup. Well, I don't use a gold yeah. chalice at our altar. No. Okay, here you go. Now, let me tell you something. They take this out every day, too. And again, the line is longer than the time. So they have to put this away before the line ever ends. Because they never, ever get time. To, people in line never get time to see it. They take it out at 9 o'clock in the morning. They put it away at 7 o'clock in the evening. And there are still people in line when wow. they do this. They want you to believe. Look at that. Look how ornate that is. What you just saw before, the picture before this, that's what it looks like in its containment. Bulletproof glass, of course. You need a special key and lock to get into it. Mm. And you have to have a, it has a combination lock. You got to push the buttons to get into Talk it. Talk about paranoia. Oh, yeah, yes. wait. Hold on. And, and here's the thing. They're spending all this money to protect something that's not real. Right. You, you see where we're going with this. They're, they're yeah. using this to hide their Babylonian religion. Oh, they're, they're using this to hide it. something, but I'm going to tell you what they're hiding. Here you go. There it is. I don't think that's, yeah. Nope. No. That is, and this, I don't know where, this is another one they claim this is the, the grail. Well, you can't have two grails, can you? Uh -uh. Nope. No. The one at the Vatican in all that glass, that's the one that's there. Here you go. There's the Ark. We got a couple of pictures of the Ark of the Covenant. Well, You're going to see a picture tonight that a lot of people say is the real deal. So, and, and this is for real. This is straight up. Uh, a, uh, an archaeologist by the name of Ron Wyatt. Mm -hmm. um, his lifelong quest was to do two things. Right. It was to locate the Ark of the Covenant and to say publicly that he found it. He got to do one. He didn't get to do the other because he died before he could say he found it. Huh. Um. This is what the Bible describes, Amelia, as the Ark of the Covenant. Do you have any idea what's inside there? No, I probably some more hidden archive, more documents, probably. Oh, well, there's a couple of documents. Instructions, in there. more so. Yeah, there's a couple documents in there. There are two documents on. That's what I was just wood on uh, on stone tablets. Right, and that's what I was just bringing up. When yeah. I was, I'm sorry, I was earlier. No, that's all good. But the, no, the Ten Commandments are inside that. Oh wow! It's it's here. The Ark of the Covenant, also known as the Ark of the Testimony or the Ark of God, is a legendary artifact believed to be the most sacred relic of the Israelites, which is described as a wooden chest mm -hmm. covered in pure gold with an elaborately design lid called the mercy seat the mercy seat and, and you're going to see something that will blow your mind mm -hmm. pastor take a look at this but you're going to see some photos tonight i'm i'm fascinated with the ark of the covenant oh yeah absolutely because it's what it is to believe but there's so much more behind okay it. right this is a church in ethiopia Right. You know about this place. It sits by itself in the middle of the of this landscape. 
they say, and this is the only photograph that exists in that church where the, the priest is kissing the ground in front of the Ark of the Covenant. They believe, they really believe that the Ark of the Covenant is inside that box. Um, I don't know. It may have been, I can tell you where it is now for sure. And it's not in Ethiopia, it's in Rome. Oh, it has to be in Rome. Yes. Um, but they believe that the priests that have been protecting this thing for probably 50, 60 years now at least, they have believed all these years that they're protecting the Ark of the Covenant. Well, let's see. Are they or are they not? Let's take a look. And next photo. There you go. That's the Ark of the Covenant. That's the real one right there. You're looking at part of Ron Wyatt's expedition team. The Vatican knew about this. Many people say the Vatican secretly funded Ron Wyatt. Many people believe the Vatican was in on this. I have no reason to believe they weren't. Why? Here's why. Because they have a vested interest in finding that. Okay? Now, a photograph you've never seen before and probably never will again is coming up. This is... According to Egyptology, they claim that this is the Ark of the Covenant. It's the first and only so-called Ark that they have in Egypt. Now, why is Egypt important to this? Egypt was critical to this because Egypt contained huge amounts of natural gold ore. Why was that important? Because they made a lot of gold. Mm -hmm. They oh. made a lot. Gold has been around a long time. It's one of the oldest elements of the of the world. You can find it pretty much everywhere. But if you want a lot of it, you got to go to certain places to get it. Mm -hmm. Italy, oh, yes. Egypt, Israel. You know, um, places like that in. You know, in the Middle East where gold is like, it's like water here. Yeah. That's why everything is so ornate there. Yeah. They got, because they got gold coming out their eyeballs. <laughs> yeah. You know, go to, go to Egypt and buy gold. You'll walk, you, you could come home with 10 pounds of gold. You probably won't pay 500 bucks for it. But as soon as you get off the plane in New York. That five hundred dollars that you spent for that gold is going to be worth about five grand. Yeah, right. You understand? You understand how cheap it is there? Oh yeah. Even today, take a look at this, and notice all the gold on that too. By the way, there you go. There you go, Pastor. It's the only photograph in existence, and that—that's exactly what it. It's the ark. Looks like it. Yeah. 
-hmm. That's the only photograph in existence taken from the uh, Ron Wyatt's expedition team in the cave. And there it is. You're looking at it. It's the only known photograph of the actual Ark of the Covenant. Which location was this? This was in, it was in Israel. It was um, in. Not the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. Was no, it? no, no, no. Because they, you know about that? Yeah, no, the, the, no, that's on the Temple Mount. This was about two hours south of the Temple Mount in a mountainous region of the desert. Um, you think of deserts as having sand, and they do, but deserts over there also have mountains, and a lot of them. Sure. A lot of mountains. And so, um, mm -hmm. and there are a lot of caves there, too. You'll notice this. It was Essentially, it's a cave is what it is. Right. So someone put it there to hide it. Remember something. They got this out of Egypt. Could have been the Templar. Yes. They believe it was the Knights Templar. I mean, in it would make fact, sense. It would make sense. In fact, we're going to talk about them because the Templars were put on trial by the Vatican. And they were defending the church. Yeah. They were. But they, they were put on trial. Here's the thing, though. If you're, if you're doing the church's business, you get a pass. But if you go out and act on your own... They don't like that. Then well, you're the bad happened. guy, yeah. Here's what I believe happened. And this, this is how it ties into the Ark. The Templars were put on trial. The Vatican archives don't say what for. At least they're not telling the public what no. for. Here's what I believe. I believe the Templars took the Ark from where it was to where it is now, where you see it there in that picture, mm -hmm. Egypt. I think that too many people were gunning for it. I think too many people knew the power that it held. There were people at the time who opened up the ark and were immediately killed as soon as they opened up. This brightness hit them. And they died on the well, spot. Well, it's that same, um, you know, the Moses in the burning bush. Think of God's <laughs> holiness. Yeah. You know, anyone right. that look on God's um, presence, right. they're mm -hmm. to die instantly because we are so unholy. Yeah. And we're dealing with a holy God. Moses was the only one that really had that opportunity. He survived. He turned his hair white, though. Mm -hmm. he went up a young man and came down completely white. Yep. Yeah. I say young, but he wasn't that young. He was, you know, considerably old. Let's talk about Moses for a minute. The Bible says that he was a man of age. How old would you estimate him to have been? I think Moses lived, well, it would have been Moses would have been um, 120 when he died. Okay. That would make sense then. That would make sense. Because I'm trying to get a handle on the time here. They talked about Noah living to be 900. That's crazy. Where are they getting these numbers from? And what did they consider a year back then? Well, in the Hebraic calendar, there was only eight months to a year. Okay. Now, we're on Gregorian time. Yeah. Um, and so, anyway, 
and I actually did this a long time ago. I did a study on this. I don't know if you were there for that one, but I was saying, so theoretically, if we say that Moses was 120, if we're counting it by an eight-month standard to yeah. a year, would that make him about 80 years old? Okay, well, that would that would even more make sense to me. In, in, in our estimation, mm -hmm. I mean, you know. Well, they're talking about the, you know, Noah building the ark that took him, you know, um, eons to build. Right. You know? And if you see the size of this thing, and by the way, can't make this up, folks. If you want to go to the ark and see what it really looked like, go to Kentucky. There, Google that. Put the, put this in, Pastor. The Ark Experience, Kentucky. This thing is enormous. It's a full-scale replica of the Ark. You can't make this stuff up. No. It's huge. It's absolutely enormous. It's loading. It's loading. Okay, yeah, Ark Encounter, they're called. The Ark Encounter, yes. Mm-hmm. That's a real place in Kentucky. Wow, look at that. It's yeah. huge. But this is the the only existing wow. photo of the Ark of the Covenant. That's so cool. How how many people did it take to get it, that out of there or did they have to get like a machine to get that out of there? Or? No, it took it took them entire teams of people. The the, the sheer weight of it as Pastor described, Amelia, mm -hmm. it's a wooden box with gold overlay. Mm -hmm. right. Essentially, gold what leaf. they did mm -hmm. was they took a wooden box and they poured molten gold on it. Yeah. Right. They just poured it until the gold hardened. You know? Imagine that. And <laughs> then they hammered out the gold and flattened it. And the, mm -hmm. Yeah. They did it. And inside it is... The Ten Commandments. Right. I mean, not to destroy it. I mean, they had to probably have been real yeah, careful with it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's remarkable. Something. Remarkable. Mm -hmm. um, so you saw everything that we talked about here. The Ark of the Covenant. The Holy Grail, which I still believe is a bloodline. The Spear of Destiny, which I absolutely, there's no question in my mind, the real ones in the Vatican. And of course, the uh, the chromovisor, the uh, the time machine. When I found out that they actually had a real name for this thing, I was like, "Oh, I'm a happy camper now." <laughs> right. Absolutely, I'd love to go back in time. Right, but we, we I can't play. I change a lot. I, I would make myself taller and better looking, and a nicer <laughs> person. <laughs> but it's hard to make myself, you know, smarter than I am, cousin. Fucking brilliant. <laughs> nah, I'm a pretty, myself, I'm a pretty fart smell. I mean, smart feller. Yeah, right. <laughs> anyway, Amelia, yes. what's coming up? Tell everybody. Well, of course, we have um, next uh, December the 4th, we're going to be doing an open forum of funny TikToks. And that's going to be Monday, December the 4th. Yeah. And then on December 5th, we're bringing back Stephanie Dudley. She Stephanie is will be there. Oh, yeah, she's fantastic. She is an amputee and nothing stops her. I mean, horseback riding, uh, climbing. She even goes camping with her family. That's yeah. what I love about her. She's nonstopable. And she's a nice person on top of it. Very sweetheart. She's a sweetheart. And, of course, on the 11th, uh, we're going to be doing uh, 
kind of like weird Christmas presents that people have gotten. We're going to talk about our weird Christmas presents. Mm -hmm. And then on the 12th of December, we're going to be talking about our most favorite Christmas presents that we've gotten. And of course, if you want to let us know what you've gotten as well, please let us know as well about that. And then on the 18th and 19th, we're going to be doing our end of the year uh, videos, our end of the year show. We're going to, we picked out some videos that, uh, of course, we couldn't pick all of them, which we wanted to. The best yeah. of video is actually we'll put together. Yeah, we couldn't pick um, every single one. We're going one to of talk them, but... a little bit about, um, we're going to talk about some of our favorite moments that are not on the video. Right. Because I only had so much room on this video. I know, we couldn't like, pick every single one of them. It would be a three-hour show if we, if we did. <laughs> right, we wanted um, to. We're going to talk about Paranormal Society. It was a paranormal, oh. it was at Savannah. <laughs> We'll talk about them, but you won't see them. No. We're going to talk about um, uh, some of our <laughs> some of our favorite people. Stephen Plin. We'll talk about. We'll talk yeah. about Steve McCoy. We'll uh, we'll chat a little bit about some of the wrestlers that have been on the show over the years. Um, and we, oh, speaking of which, you have a. You didn't even promote your wrestling show. Well, was that that's that? because we have, you asked me about what's coming up in December. So. What's coming up in January? Your show's coming up, you shithead. <laughs> See how many does to me? Yeah, it's called Ring the Bell. It's our new show coming up on January. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and we're going to, oh our first show God. is going to be about, be quiet. Our first show is going to be. What? Your yeah, yeah, you do that in front of Pastor Steve. You'll see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Our first show is going to be on the Iron Claw movie. He likes me better. <laughs> nah, he may not after this show. <laughs> it's gonna be... now. Keep going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Iron Claw movie featuring the Von Erics, the true story of the Von Erics. And mm-hmm. in, on February 28th, which is a Wednesday, we're going to be doing a special show on Jeff the Ref. Jeff the Ref was my first co-host on the Wrestling with the Future. He passed away very young at 42. It's my age. It's around yeah. my age. He was a big guy, though, Pastor. He, was, he had serious diabetes. He yeah. had a lot of medical issues. He had Crohn's. But the fun. biggest thing was he was almost 500 pounds. Like Robert size. Yeah, bigger. Yeah. We'll oh, be well. doing shows in between, but those are the two shows that we have lined up, and uh, we're going to yeah. have two. We guests. also have on December the fifteenth. Oh yes, a very special birthday show for actor Johnny Whitaker from Family Affair. He played Jody on Family Affair. He'll be with us. And, nice. Uh, That's awesome. I know yeah. who that is. Yeah. Yeah, I'll bring you on the show. You can, That'd be awesome. I'd yeah, love I'll bring it. You talk to them a little bit. Did you notice that those kids at that age, when they were teen idols at that time, that they had made them, they made them sing and make albums at that time. Everything. They yeah, can you everything. believe that? Yeah, we were talking about that the other day, mm-hmm. talking about people like oh, um, Leaf Garrett, yes. Sean Cassidy. Um, who was the other one? His brother David Cassidy. David Cassidy, yes. Dave. Um, oh god, there were so many of them back in the day. Yeah, yeah they made them idols, brothers, singers. Yes, you know, crazy. They were all, good. They were all the good ones. Yeah, I'll tell you, yeah, oh, they're all, well, pretty much there's a couple of them around, but pretty much all oh, they're all gone. Is it? Yeah, Donnie's still around, him and his sister, Donnie, Donnie Osmond. Yes, they're like cockroaches, you can't kill them. <laughs> um, but no, they're good people too. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but we are uh we're gonna go into the new year with a different kind of attitude different shows um gonna bring back some more entertainment shows of course the pastor steve's gonna help us out with this kind of stuff absolutely and uh and you know amelia will be out of here for a little while she'll be doing her wrestling show yeah he's kicking me out y'all <laughs> Well, no, you're going to be doing your show on Wednesday, right? That's going to yes. be Wednesday's Bible study night. So mm -hmm. I won't be here to help you. Well, for a little while, I will. Yeah, he said for you, a little while. <laughs> you can't find a co-host. Guess what? You better learn how to host the show. <laughs> That's it, kid. All right, listen. Four. Good show tonight, you guys. Yes. Thank you so much. I'm great. Yes. That was a fantastic show. Four. Amelia, the Pitbull Chapman. Four. The Rowdy Rev. Pastor Steve Wachowski. I am the Mad Dog. I will see you guys next week. Lord willing, in the creek don't rise. Take care. God bless everybody. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. Okay.